This is Consumed, the podcast about eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers. And this season, you get two for the price of one. I'm Jamie Lewis. And I'm Matt Cross. And this is my Consumed Podcast Tap Takeover. Okay, now, Matt, what qualifies you to take over this podcast? Well, I eat, drink, think, and now make. Uh Uh-huh. Plus, I was a guest on Consumed for season five. Yes, that's right. Go back and listen to the Matt Cross episode. I will put it in the show notes. Plus, I own the Broad Street Public House in San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody on the Central Coast because I've been a local musician for decades. I've probably played for at least half of your listeners' weddings. Yes, these are all very good reasons. I'm just now remembering why this was okay with me. So, listener, with the Tap Takeover, I asked Matt to choose every guest and to join me for a chat as we get to know these guests better. These are people I've met over the years and thought they'd be good for an interesting conversation. And you were not wrong, my friend. I was not wrong. Shall we get into it? Yes, let's do it. This is Consumed. Kate and Eric Johnson are the owners and winemakers behind Ann Albert Wines, based out of San Luis Obispo. In fact, they're my neighbors. They live right around the corner with their darling baby girl. Eric is also the head winemaker at Tally Vineyards, a benchmark winery for the Central Coast where he's worked for 16 years. And Kate works in marketing at a creative firm in town called Level Studios. They told us about how they met and fell in love. Actually, Matt described that because he got to witness it. How Kate has a statistical superpower, how Eric came up through the ranks at Tally, and how McDonald's cracks a fresh egg for each egg McMuffin. No joke. Here's me, Matt, Kate and Eric Johnson. So Kate and Eric Johnson are sitting at the table with me and Matt, which is pretty rad. And you chose these guys. I did. Yeah. Because I got to watch their whole relationship. (laughs) Talk about that. (laughs) I think Kate and I met 13 or 14 years ago. Yeah, Wood Winery. Yeah, Wood Winery. And I thought she was awesome, and I was playing music, and I'm like, oh. And uh, I didn't really like her boyfriend at the time. And not that it was my... (laughs) I didn't really know Good. him, but I was, don't hold back. I, yeah, and I was just like, I was like, I don't, she's really sweet. I, I don't know if I like that guy. And then uh, I was playing music at Ventana, and they were together on a date. And I'm like, are you guys together? I'm like, that is Eric and Kate so. Were yeah. Yeah. I was like, that is so good to see. I'm so happy like to see like you two like oh good people. Yeah. So I, was, I, I think that might have been like one of your first dates. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was like our first like brunch date. You know, uh-huh. drink all day Sunday yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually telling each other. Yeah. I was telling somebody that. Story last weekend actually. Oh really? Randomly. Yeah, oh, that's totally. so funny. So yeah. yeah so they got, yeah. so then that, once they had my seal of approval, it just went full force from there. Yeah. 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 yeah right. <laughs> and how did you know Eric from Planet Tally? That yeah. Because kind of okay. I was play, Yeah. I did a, when you. I don't know when did you start at Tally? Oh uh, seven. Yeah. So it was like yeah. the next. I think oh eight or oh nine is when I started getting some reg, yeah. pretty regular gigs out there. And I remember playing like a Pino Library part. Where it was like all these. Yep. Like it was rad because I was just kind of starting to because I was playing so many wineries, getting the wine, and I got this like amazing Pinot tour that day, and yeah, and then yeah. got to observe from there, and then watch it all on social media. And yeah, for sure. <laughs> Gosh, Tally makes such an excellent. I mean, your your rise with them has really correlated with a high rise in quality. I think. Hey, I, I would I would hope so. Yeah, yeah they kept me on long enough. You know. Sure yeah, have. it's been it's been man, it's been is this. Yeah, this is my fifteenth or sixteenth year at Tally. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so old enough to drive your yeah, career. Yeah, exactly. My career can drive me around now. It's pretty nice. Yeah, that's helpful. Awesome. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's very helpful. Yeah. Well, so tell me maybe where you guys each grew up. Kate, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Bakersfield. Okay. Yeah. So I born and raised Bakersfield, and I didn't actually move to Slow until after college. Oh, where'd you go to college? Um, I went to UCLA. Oh, right. And um, I was just kind of trying to figure out the next step after college. Mm -hmm. And I had some friends that were still at Cal Poly. And um, I'd always gone out to Avila as a kid. And um, I was randomly walking around Avila. And there was an apartment for rent that was incredibly cheap and had this beautiful ocean view. And... So I rented it. It's like irresistible. Yeah, Yeah. I just, I couldn't pass it up. And I thought it would be just a couple of months taking a break and kind of figuring out the next step. And then I got the job at Wood Winery, which was right down the street. And oh, so you were living out there while you were working there? Yeah. Oh, what a fun what time. What a neat yeah. life, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. It was just kind of like this little Avila bubble where I just walked around and went to work and I had some friends that lived in the area. And 
it was really fun. It was a great time, and I was at Wood Winery for about three years. Do they are they still around? No. Okay, okay. No, yeah, they they retired the the winery now, and okay. um, they're doing different things. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, you went to UCLA. It's really rare to be sitting at a table with this many people who didn't go to Cal Poly. No, yeah. we yeah. did. You did, right, Eric? Just me. What a loser. <laughs> I know. Jeez. Damn it. I'll leave. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, that's it, it's funny living here and not having gone to Cal Poly. Yeah. You really do feel everybody asks, "Oh, so did you, you wind up here yeah. because well, Cal Poly?" Poly. Yeah, it was definitely the number one thing I got asked working yeah. behind a tasting bar, you know, it, at Wood Winery it was like, "Oh, so are you at Poly?" I was like, "No, I, I graduated and I'm not in college anymore." And yeah. Like, oh, so you did go to Cal Poly. I was like, no, no, still no. Still I feel like no. I should have, though. Like, yeah. wow. What did you study there? Um, statistics was my uh, major in sociology. <laughs> wow. And what was the idea? Did you know that you loved statistics and sociology before you went to UCLA? Yeah, I, I didn't really know what career path I wanted to go down, but I was just really good at math, and mm. stats was kind of like the avenue that I was best at um, in terms of math. And so nobody's just, good at that. I know. <laughs> I was, was like, going to say, I'm like, geez. wow, we don't have a lot in educational common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Nobody's good at that. Well, That's amazing. I feel like that was kind of what made the decision for me in terms of a major. It's like, okay, well, I guess they're, yeah, this is a, a, a special thing that I can do. So I might as well run with it. Mm. And um, so I did. And I had kind of thought, I'll be a college professor. But when I went to college, or I graduated in 09, and teachers or professors were getting furloughed at that time, and yes. the economy wasn't great. And when I was looking down, okay, the next four years to get a doctorate, to become a professor is going to cost me a lot of oh money. Lord, yeah. No guarantee for a job. That's when I was like, I'm going to move to Avila and take a break, <laughs> okay. reset those priorities, and yeah. figure it out from there. Um, and then I fell in love with wine and the beach and living in slow. So you, you didn't win. have, you, yeah. you know, yeah. you totally win. Yeah. You didn't have a love for wine before working at Wood Winery? Um, I mean, it had been like around our dinner table and um, mm-hmm. my, my mom's Italian and she's always loved wine and um, my dad as well. Like it was just kind of always a thing that they would drink and we'd have a baseline knowledge of. But um, it wasn't really until I moved to slow um, that I really got more and more into it and learning mm-hmm. about just everything that there was to know about wine. I was studying for my first level sommelier mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, that was basically where it all kind of kicked off. Yeah. Uh, do you think that you ever drank Tally? Did your parents ever have it at the table? <laughs> so what's funny is I actually fell in love with Tally before Falling I Falling in love with Eric. Eric. Yeah. yeah. Before I, uh, it was, it, it made it very drug. easy once I found out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you, you do wine, what? Wine yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this could work my, out. That's my favorite wine, okay? <laughs> oh, but I love the gateway. Yeah, the gateway drug. Yeah, that's it good. definitely was a, a great a great pairing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, Eric, where did you... I think you're in the Bay Area, am I right? No, I'm, I'm Central Valley. I'm from a, oh, you a, are. a, a, a smaller town in the Valley. Los Banos. Uh, Los Banos yeah. uh, is where I grew up. My, my family farms there. Yeah, it's small. It's actually the same size as San Luis. Really? Really? I know it seems insane. Actually, it feels it's, so much smaller. It though. seems so much smaller. Yeah. And I feel like people are a little more spread out. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people in the country. I grew up uh, what seven miles out in the country on a farm, and yeah. my dad still lives there. You know, he grows apricots. My my grandparents, my mom, mother's side of the family, did. Uh, I mean, they did some apricots, but walnuts and almonds and yes. uh, pistachios, cotton, cherries. alfalfa, cherries, cotton. Oh yeah, lots of cotton. Still do lots of cotton. Yeah, wow. I mean that's still still a big big part of it. My my uncle kind of runs that side of the farm. Um, but yeah, I grew up mm. in Los Banos on the farm. Yeah. So with yeah. lots of ag and still going. Yeah. And apricots. I always. Um, I'm so not educated in terms of ag, but apricots are like one of the hardest things to grow, right? They're very I mean, finicky. They're finicky. I think cherries are the worst that I've been a part of because yeah. you, um, like wind, they get bruised. Oh, interesting. Right? And a lot of cherries, honestly, in, in California, in the domestic market, they go to Japan yes. and they want perfect cherries. Yes. And that's where the best prices are. And you know, you get it. They're going to pay top notch. Right. So um, that was really hard. Apricots are hard because of size. You'll mm-hmm. have like bad blooms and stuff mm. and, and they'll be too small. Yeah. And they'll be all, all pit, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
Um, yeah, my dad still does it. He, he's retired, you know, retired uh, auto mechanics teacher at the high school. Oh, wow. Did that right for, on. I don't know, 40 years or something like that. And, yeah. and he still farms uh, apricots. Yeah. yeah. How long cool. has your family been in the Valley of Farming? Jeez. Um, like grandparents, Gr- too? Great-grandparents, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, great-grandparents. Yeah, they just, uh, my great-grandfather, his house was what? Uh, there's no blocks in the country. Yeah. Like, <laughs> two houses, which is probably a mile or so away. Two shanks of a lamb's tail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Turn at the pink rock. Yeah. 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 I mean, everybody's land kind of connects. Like, if you just hit dirt roads, you get to, you know, you can yeah. get through everywhere, essentially, yeah. without a license. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You're yeah. Steinbeck country then you're a little bit and yeah family in those kinds yeah of it's all family out there yeah but there's just not i mean that's all you do really around there it yeah. used to be a bigger dairy kind of industry there yes. but dairy has just kind of fallen off mm-hmm. um, you know quite a bit so i mean i grew up you know working on my friend's dairy and things like that which i never want to do again it's literally <laughs> the worst thing you know it just it smells so good oh and that was my job is washing out the um they, they have to uh, sprinkler out or they wash off the udders before they bring them into you know and so what they do in there is they you know they they shit a lot, you know. They poop a lot. I don't you know. Sure. Um, and so then you have to wash all that out before the next ones come in. And so yeah. that that's a fun time. It's a great yeah. job. You know? and that's what your that's business card said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what yeah. It was. exactly. Right. Yeah. How did yeah. you decide to go to Cal Poly? Well, a lot of my family went to Cal Poly. Okay, a lot of them. And my my grandparents uh, actually had a house in Shell uh, back oh, in the day, nice. and then my grandparents bought a house in Cambria in 1987. So then as kids, we'd come up here all the time in Cambria and just be around. I got cousins at Poly. So, you know, I kind of grew up around here during the summertime a lot. Yeah. And so um, I all, my whole life, Cal Poly, that's all I want to do is go to Cal Poly. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I, luckily I I got in and then I came here and then I never went back. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of, um, there are a lot of legacy families like that where it's like, Cal Poly is where everybody wants to go. It's yeah. Some people, I think, especially some of those dairy families, it's like expected that you'll go to Cal Poly. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I, I was in the dorms with a lot of Dutch dairymen, uh, mm-hmm. kids that, you know, oh, interesting. legacy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When did you graduate? What year? Um, I graduated in, when did I graduate? Oh, 07. Yeah. Same so year. you were already with Tally, maybe. I, yeah, I was working at Tally. I started January 4th, I want to say, 2007. Mm-hmm. And then... It was it got the harvest internship job. I want to say in like June. Started working. I think it was like July sixth. I started working in the yeah. in the cellar in the vineyard. I remember these weird things. I know. But um, you started. I know yeah. that you started behind the counter doing tasting because Jenna. Totally. You started with Jenna. Yeah, right? Jenna was there, and Jenna was Jenna was actually like a shipping coordinator up in the office, and yes. she'd have to deal with all the truckers, which was always <laughs> an interesting thing because I, I ran the warehouse for a couple of months. So Jenna and I kind of worked together. I mean, she was. What, I think she was twenty. She was young. Man, yeah, 25. Do you know Jenna like Congdon at all? I don't. She's worth knowing. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a peach. She's the best. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, so we, we worked together when we were uh, wee lads. Um, and yeah, I just, I've been at Tally since then. So I did, I've kind of done every job up to winemaker. Worked all so, the way up. Yeah. What was your least favorite job there? Um, Man, great question. Uh probably warehouse it's boring yeah. yeah you know i like forklift and stuff but it's boring and there's cold just that know? just the, cold the, the word warehouse just yeah brings, right? just <laughs> yeah. Great, like, depressing like oh man like, uh, yeah unless it's in front of party then uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you know it's gonna be a good time, it's right? it's daytime. yeah we, we don't need to dive into those uh, well and it also it, makes me think thank you to all warehouse people absolutely like that is a the, our world would not function without them <laughs> totally that's absolutely. the thing is that there's all these jobs that nobody wants but we have to have them yes. so like, yeah. they're horrible but you want to do it yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. thank you thank yeah. you thank you oh my gosh the amazon warehouse people it's just like thank oh, i can't you. Even imagine thank you yeah. thank you oh my gosh so you I, I haven't mentioned you two live around the corner we from do. me and I didn't meet you through wine at all actually I met you from through the patio at Lincoln Deli on yes. Sundays Sundays yeah Hicks Sundays which Lincoln Deli is no longer open on Sundays and we are pissed yeah we actually listened to their episode on your podcast no it was funny it's funny because they were talking about they were talking about the changes that they made during COVID and how they had to start closing on Mondays and Mm. Sundays so they could be with their sons and I just had this total moment of like man I've said so many times to them like I really wish you'd be open on Sundays I really wish you were open on Sundays we love that you love your kids and yet yeah 
Could you please open love that patio? <laughs> as long as they keep coming to trivia at my bar, then we're, we're, I'll be good. You're on. <laughs> yeah. But so I don't see you very much uh, anymore. Yeah, we, we we tend to hit the patios on Thursday and Friday nights now. Oh, and we're Saturday lunch. Your Saturday that. lunch, yeah, yeah. Saturday <laughs> we're normally you know spending our money on other sandwich joints, <laughs> you know, and then Sunday same thing. So. No. I love that yeah. deli. But how long have you lived over in that house? You've told me. So I, yeah, I've lived in that house. I'm about to be there 11 years. Actually, oh, wow. that's yeah. a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I bought it the year. Yeah, the year I became the winemaker at Tally. I was oh, like, I made it now. I I'm guess gonna yeah. buy a house. You totally did. Like <laughs> it was smart timing. I mean, I guarantee know, right? it's yeah. You yeah. did make it though. I mean, that's yeah, the time. absolutely. Yeah, that's no, making it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I, I, so I thought I was like 26. So um, yeah, bought bought the house and. Uh, it was pretty sweet because at that time it was a recession. People were just buying houses, flipping them, Home yeah. Depoting them over, and yeah. then going right. And this family, it was in a trust uh, with the, the, the kids because um, the parents passed away, and they they sold it to me for um, I had the lowest bid, but they Ooh. I was going to live there, and so they're they're just like ah oh, we want someone to live there. And so wow. they sold it to me. I was like, Dude, this that's is sweet. That's the that's wow. an amazing family that can afford to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a big we wrote a letter to our like the people that were selling our house. We wrote we wrote a letter like we're a young couple, like we were just starting a family. We're going to live there probably for the rest of our lives, you know. And it was like it was kind of like they bought it for their mom and it stayed there. And the guy was just giving us so much flack. I'm like, I'm not trying to be. I'm just letting you know what's going on, dude. We, yeah. we, we, we you know, this is where we're at. And yeah, same thing. They, they're like, okay, we'll go with you. And, You've been there yeah. that long too, if not. Uh, we moved in in 2003. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Aww. and it's gone up a little bit, which has been awesome. And, yeah. when, you get, <laughs> yeah, right. and when you get property, you yeah. hang on to yeah, it. And the cool sure. thing is we can sell it now and not buy another house in San Luis, because I still don't think we can find <laughs> yeah. one. This right. is the house I'm going to be wheeled out in. Yeah. I've yeah. made that very clear, <laughs> yeah. Ashley. Oh, yeah. I will, will not leave. Yeah. Unless, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to take a minute to shout out to a couple of good friends of this podcast. Consumed is sponsored by Mid-State Containers, Cargo Storage Containers, and Refrigerated Shipping Containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how Mid-State Containers could change your life, but the truth is, many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use Mid-State for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods, for private collections, and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. Mid-State Containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root cellars. My guest from Season 10, Krista Flieger, from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her Mid-State Container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a Mid-State Container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote, midstatecontainers.com. Once more, I want to give love to a couple other podcast friends. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay, so you're working at Tally. You didn't ever work at Tally. No, okay. no, I didn't. Okay, so what did your career look like after you left Wood? I mean, did you go around to different companies? Yeah, so I got a job at uh, Vina Robles as the wine club manager. Um, and so that was like my next kind of step in yeah. a career in wine. And um, it didn't really pan out exactly the way that I thought. They were mm-hmm. opening the amphitheater and there was just a lot of change going on at the company. And um, I loved all my coworkers. It was a fun place to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't know what the next step was after wine club manager. Mm-hmm. Um, there really wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for upward mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then another um, opportunity presented itself at a marketing company. And, um, so I, I took that leap and jumped out of the wine industry. 
Um, and I, I'm at the same company now. It's oh, well, changed a bunch of times, but uh, it's called Level Studios. You're with Level. Yeah. Phil Sims. Oh my God. Is one of Phil. my favorite people. You know Phil, right? I uh, used to play a church band with him on that's Sunday morning. Right. <laughs> that's right. God, this is such a small. It's like sick. There's half a degree of separation. I, love, I have a buddy who's going to listen to this who lives in Australia, and I'm like, I don't know. You're not going to know. Anything. Are you, yeah. You're just going to be going, cool, there's a made up world over there somewhere. I know. <laughs> well, and one of my, the, one of, the uh, my most devoted listeners is Hank Wethington also. Oh, yeah, so he works Hank. at level yeah. two. Yeah. He does actually all the voiceover now for, we oh, have yeah. like these modules for, you know, you have to take for like privacy laws and sexual harassment and all the like, yes. internal things with the company. Um, it's funny because I didn't realize he was doing it and I was taking one of the courses like is that Hank? That's so. So I had no idea you were over there. That's a big. That's a high level company. It's high level work. Yeah, it's definitely like they've changed the name about a hundred times. Yeah, like, they've, <laughs> they have. Like, I mean, been they absorbed have. and bought another company, and it's so it's it's definitely gone through a ton of changes since back when I started. Um, but I really love it. It it's yeah. definitely grown on me quite a bit and changed so much um and i really love the team that i work with yeah. it's mostly about the people yes so. always it always is totally yeah. that you brought up a good point though about you know you can love wine it's hard for somebody who loves wine to find a place that isn't in the tasting room or in the in the cellar right yeah. or i guess i mean in the vineyard it's really hard to know i love it but i've never been interested in making my own so then what you know you're doing the spiel and pouring in the tasting room, which another unsung wonderful job that often pays uh, minimum wage, but you have to know a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of tough to find your spot. Right, yeah. And it, th- there just wasn't really, like I said, a, a next step that I could see right, right in front of me because I really, I'm not a great salesperson and I didn't really want to go into sales. I really liked, you know, being in front of people and pouring in the tasting room. Mm-hmm. And Wine Club presented a whole different, like, customer base that I wasn't prepared for. Um, it was just, you know, that, that aspect of it was a lot of people that, you know, where's my shipment and I need this. And it was just a different, it was just a a totally different, like I said, customer base than people walking in, you know, with smiling faces and tasting. Yeah. yeah. So it was just a whole different shift that, um, really just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, when I looked at what else I could do, like I said, I, I didn't really love sales. Um, and then I never thought I could make wine because mm-hmm. my entire life I thought I was deathly allergic to bees. And then I randomly Wait. got stung by a bee a couple years ago. It's been, and it's I all was been a lot. Just fine. <laughs> just fine. Wait, but hold on. <laughs> I need just to tell make... her she's allergic. She'll stay away from them. Make the connection. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't think you could make wine because of bees because there's like. You oh, might during, be among bees. Oh. During harvest, there's bees. Oh, of and, course. Okay. Yeah, they're everywhere. And, <laughs> like, what is <laughs> Yeah, especially at a lot of the, 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 the wineries that have, you know, majority outdoor processing yes. or you know, whatever it is, there's just bees everywhere. Yeah. And um, so I just never could really be around that part of it. But I loved, you know, being in the cellar and I loved, like, watching how it was made and mm. doing punch downs anywhere I could where there weren't bees. I was like, I'm in. So when you got stung, were you like, Did you freak oh. out? Oh, like, we were... <laughs> We were sitting in our backyard. I freaked out because I was like, yes. oh, it's go- we're going to the hospital now. Yeah, we're a couple yeah. beers deep. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's going to work. But yeah, we were sitting oh. in our backyard and I feel like I like touched my arm and then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I think I got stung by a bee. Oh. And it was like full panic. And then I think it swelled up to like a tiny little bump on my pinky. And I was like, I guess I'm fine. <laughs> like, no. Not allergic. No. That's so yeah. Funny. And so then we were like, well, I guess, I guess let's <laughs> yeah. start Ann yeah, Albert right. and I'll make yeah. wine. <laughs> that birthed the wine label. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a bee with a circle slash on yeah, right? yeah. All because of this. How did you decide to make your own wine? I mean, at what point were you working in at Tally and you thought, you know, do something of my own yeah i just you know we we had talked about it i mean we started in 2015 was our first vintage and we had been together for three years at that point we thought about doing it we just didn't know what we wanted to do um you know we wanted to kind of mess with like gamay at first and yeah. nobody had gamay and you know so we're like well we love chardonnay let's do like a california chablis style mm-hmm. shard we'll just let's do that and we were able to get great grapes from Zodovich Vineyard in Santa Rita Hills and Bienacito and 
San Maria Valley. So mm-hmm. we're like, let's just do it, you know, yeah. and, and Ann Albert is our middle names put together. It's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people think it's a, it's a person, it's a woman. I get, they think it's me. Yeah. I get <laughs> I a mean. lot of emails. They're like, Hey Ann, how you doing? You know, <laughs> like, I'm doing fine. You know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot, um, um, a lot of solicitation on that too. That's why I know oh, yeah. like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No. You know, you didn't look at us. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we really, I, I feel like for us, we really wanted to jump into like Santa Barbara County because yeah. Eric had been making the wine at Tally yeah. for so long. And there was just like some vineyards that we loved. Like Zodovich yeah. is the coolest vineyard. It's completely flat and it's beach sand soil. Mm. Um, and so we just, I, I loved every expression of Chardonnay we've had from Zoto. And yeah. so we really wanted to, to play around with it. And so that's kind of, I think the first decision mm-hmm. we made was like, let's make a, a Zoto Shard that's going to be really Chablis style, mm-hmm. you know. Um, is it Santa Rita? Is it Santa Rita Hills? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's about mm, two miles from Melville. Okay. From Melville. The Chardonnays in Santa Rita Hills are something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like Starbreath. I remember I had a Deerberg Chardonnay one time. Um, I think it was like a, it was 2007 because I remember 2007 was a remarkable year mm-hmm. and it was like drinking sunshine it was one of the most it was just like a formative yeah. moment that Chardonnay is special well yeah. and it's known more for Pinot Noir yes but I really know. you're seeing people out there plant I mean one there's a lot of Chardonnay out there now but the Grenache and Syrah out yeah. there is insane as well it's, mm-hmm. it's rad yeah well, and I, I really love to try and change people's minds about Chardonnay because yeah. we meet a lot of people that you know, they're they're either like they don't drink any white wine at all, or they love like a buttery Chardonnay yeah. with a lot of like new French oak and a, a totally so different style. That's than we're me. Making. I'm like I'm a red. I'm, well, I've been predominantly red, and I'm just starting yeah. in my elder years to uh, try to appreciate all yeah. alcohol because it's the least I can do. Do you like yeah, the right? Chardonnay? <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I just don't drink white at all. But I, oh, I always okay. say that, and someone's like, "Well, try this," and we'll be tasting, and my wife doesn't at all, and I'll be like. Oh, I'll, I'll take yours too. You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm like yeah. oh, I'll check. I mean, broaden our perspective a little yeah. bit. Don't just say totally. you never, you know, you never like something when you haven't tried. There's so many different, you know, yeah. styles right. and wineries and everything's sure. so different than say, I don't like it in general is pretty brash. I, and I think it's different. If you have an outlook on life where you, tra- when you travel, you find the P.F. Chang's and you go there because it's something that you know, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. Well. <laughs> I mean, don't hang out with me. Yeah. But. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's really right for a lot of people. Yeah. But if that's if that's how you go into wine and you're like, I want a big red. I want something that I can kind of like, I can just enjoy and sort of zone out, tune out. That's one thing. But if you're like intensely curious and you just want character, just something different going out and tasting, I think, you know, where you're curious about. I don't know, an interesting Riesling or an interesting Gamay yeah. or a Chardonnay that's treated completely differently mm-hmm. or Albarino or whatever. That's a different style of tasting for sure. Yeah. Well, I hope buying a, a wine and beer bar and having to like tr- taste things to, to be <laughs> yeah. nice. And I'm like, oh, that's not, okay. I get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of funky, funky stuff out there. But yeah, that sounds like a fun experiment too as a winemaker. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, I... I I don't think of the tally Chardonnays that, that we make as being overly buttery or oaky, but it's that Burgundian style, right, mm-hmm. of, of the, um, you know, new oak fermentation and whatnot. So with Ann Albert Shards, I wanted to do, like they said, like that California Chablis, that was really fresh, energetic um, Chardonnays. So no new oak on it. Mm-hmm. It's still all native fermentation. I do that tally as well. I don't add any yeast. Ever? Never. Ever. Really? Okay. I, don't, I don't purchase yeast at all. I just oh, wow. whatever's out there. Um, so, uh, you know, carry that on within Albert mm-hmm. and, uh, we age it for about 16 months and then we age it in bottle for another year before we release it. It's just something that we wanted to do. Um, yeah, it started out just like, let's try this. And we also didn't set out to make, I guess, a natural wine, but mm. then Eric was playing with like, well, maybe I don't sulfur it. Let's just see what happens. What happened? You know, let's wait until the very end or let's, you know, change up. It was, it was kind of a nice, like creative way to to, I guess, do something different than what you were doing at Tally. Mm-hmm. But then also, it was just us, so we could do whatever we wanted with right. it. Like, yeah. we weren't making it for any specific audience. We were just kind of making it for us. Yeah, it's not millions of dollars of somebody else's money that I'm playing for. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's a little bit different. It's just thousands so of my different. own, you know. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we just, we we are, it's it's as hands-off as we possibly can be. And I know people say that a lot about things, but... 
really I don't do much. I just we, we, we were picking from such great vineyards, you know, that Bienacito vineyard. The reason I did it is because, uh, you know, uh, my good friend Michael Brighelli, mm-hmm. he was running the grape sales at Bienacito and he had grapes from 1973. Mm-hmm. And that like intrigued the hell out of me. I was like, sure. sweet, this is amazing. And so had Which to grapes do it. were they? It was Chardonnay. Oh, okay. It was okay. the Chardonnay, yeah. And so that's how we started wow. off with two Chardonnays, which honestly is. It wasn't the greatest. That's not the smartest idea. Yeah, business idea. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got two Chardonnays. And you're like, why the hell would you do that? And we're like, because it Cause sounded fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we just weren't intrigued by other things. So we did that for two years. And then finally. You're like, we better introduce a red. Yeah. Yeah. Someone would actually sell us um, Gamay. And that was Martian Ranch. Okay. And, and Martian Ranch, remind me where that is. Los Alamos, east side okay, yes. on uh, Lisa's Canyon Road. It's one of the most beautiful vineyards I've ever seen. Really? It's oh. all biodynamic, organic, and it's to get there, you drive up this beautiful hillside, and then you come down this other hill, the other side of the hill, and it's just vineyards spanning, mm. every, spanning all across that area. There's a big pond, and everything is just so just perfect and yeah. pretty and clean and the vines look great and they, they garden out there they don't farm. Yeah. that's what we say every cluster is like in a perfect spot it's just mm. it's insane so i just realized i've had martian martian ranch gamay i think i had lo-fi carry mm-hmm. made one mm-hmm. and it's so it's such a special special variety of you yeah know. they gave me a bottle we were at some event and you guys right. gave me a bottle as you were leaving and i was like sweet yeah that was, right. i think i was home alone that night i opened i'm like this is great and yeah Jeannie came home and i'm like passed out in the yeah <laughs> she's like oh, drink the whole thing but it has that a very unique quality to it totally it tends to, to be on that more dark um dark fruit flavor but with that that nice kind of uh dried herbness yeah. to it um you know, we like Beaujolais, like uh, you know, classic Gamay, but like Cru Beaujolais, Cru Beaujolais that's yeah. made like red wine, not not um, Beaujolais Nouveau, right? And Pop, hating yeah. against that, that's just different, yeah. right? I and buy a bottle every year, oh, yeah, every single it. year. I Dude. drink it. I kind of like wince, and yeah. then I and that's yeah. The year. I mean, Presqu'ile does this. Uh, I mean, yeah. a lot of these guys are, are doing a lot of Nouveaus now. I mean, obviously Stoltman does a million of mm. them with the so fresh stuff, which is super rad. Mm. Um, so we, you know, we're doing 100 percent whole cluster uh, gamets, and it's all like foot treaded. And we age it for like nine, ten months, and then we bottle it. We really, we do very little. It goes to the barrel and then out to bottle. Yeah. So we want to show off the expressions of these vineyards. They're so rad. Yeah. You know, it's not really so much about us. Um, it's We're just kind of geeking out more than anything. So yeah. when so. you came to the decision to make natural wine, you didn't actually say to yourself, let's make natural wine. It was just decision by decision. Let's. What happens if we don't sulfur it? It was just tasting so good mm-hmm. without it, and, and yeah, and, and just like why mess with it when yeah. I would I would say we're low, we're more low sulfur because we we we'll just we'll give it a little sulfur right before bottling. Okay, that's all we do. We don't keep it out total natty. Um, I respect some of those. You know, there's some wines that are really good. There are some that are fermenting in bottle, and that's probably not <laughs> yeah. a good thing. I have so there's many mixed there. feelings. Oh, about I do too. We can you, talk about hours. Are you wondering what natural wine is? Uh, yes, I would love to. Know yes. what, what sulfur does and why you, you know, yeah. use it. Or so essentially, yeah. you're, you're not uh, sulfur is a preservative. Okay, um, and so it doesn't essentially start the path turning to vinegar or it's uh, sulfur will also uh, stop things from growing in there. You know, you. Uh, things that will grow naturally. Like a mildewy yeah. cork on the other end of it. Yeah, or like some lactobacillus or whatever. It could be all sorts of things that will grow. And what happens is uh, because we've been getting a lot of natty wines that bite us in the ass. Um, <laughs> Not great. Tasting. It may be good today or maybe good for a couple of hours. Um, oh, but don't leave that bottle overnight open. Yeah. <laughs> don't go back to it it's, the next it's, day. <laughs> it can get a, like the worst flavor you've ever tasted. Yes. Um, it, it can happen um, just in like 12 hours. Oh, wow. And so, it, you know, I, I get it to, to a certain degree, but it gets mousy. Almost like it, it's like a mouse and a dead mouse to, you know, it's like, it's not the best (laughs) thing. And so for me, it's about responsible winemaking. Like the wine should just taste good. Like I get it. You know, I don't want to be dogmatic about everything. Like, Nope, I'm not going to do anything. This is what, what what my thing is. And it's like, but your wine tastes like crap. I mean, you can't, there's gotta be a balance. 
right? It so. has to be. Stephen McConnell was on for the last season, yep. and we talked about natural wine a little bit, and he was saying that there are people out there who say it doesn't matter if it tastes good or not. If it's natural, it's right, and we should drink it. And we were talking about how the human body rejects poison. Right. <laughs> right? Like, when you taste something that's off, you, like, you know, gag, there's a reason for that. Yeah. And so... I just, I, I'm all for responsible winemaking, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But if something tastes gross to me, I don't want to be shamed into drinking it yeah. or yeah. spending money on it. Oh, for sure. Well, <laughs> yeah, and totally. a study that came out last year was the uh, natural wines are actually producing a lot more histamines. And so there are people oh. that are very um, uh, allergic to histamines, especially at a higher degree. And they're saying, like, you may need to put warnings on these natural wines oh for people that it, it may re- give them a really bad reaction. Yeah. So it's just interesting how this is all going. I mean, interesting. I, it's I, a whole new space, yeah, I feel like, that is, is yeah. emerging. And so there's a lot of So we're not natty lessons, people. <laughs> lessons to be learned. Just throw that out there. Yeah. yeah. You're not natty yeah. people, and yet your stuff can be carried at somewhere like Satellite in Santa yeah, Barbara. totally. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. That it for can sure. fit that. Yeah. As I speak, one of my sponsors, James Onaveros, is in New York City pouring at the Wine and Spirits Top 100 Wineries event. And why? Because Native Nine Wine has been named one of the top 100 wineries in the world, along with a couple other consumed alums, Scar of the Sea, Aubon Clement, and Tally Vineyards. It's incredible to think how each of these people and their wineries started at the bottom and worked their way up. For James, wine, and particularly Pinot Noir, has been a lifelong pursuit. You can learn all about James, the land he lives on and works, and his wines during a private tasting at the ranch in Santa Maria Valley. As the folks at Ranchos de Anaveros say, this is not your average tasting experience. Plan to be out there for like two to three hours and bring your boots. For more information, visit ranchosdeanaveros.com. The Consumed Podcast is sponsored by Slow Life Magazine, a semi-monthly lifestyle publication that highlights what makes San Luis Obispo so special. I write the food column for Slow Life, and we've sort of changed up the format in recent months, and I really like where it's headed. I've been featuring just one local food-related business and really drilling down to discover what makes it tick. For the April 2022 issue, I interviewed Fabian Tefera about her Ethiopian takeout restaurant, Ebony Slow. Yep, you may recognize Fabian's name because she was on the first season of this podcast in 2019. If you want to know more about Ebony Slow and Ethiopian food here on the Central Coast, check out that issue of Slow Life Magazine or visit slowlifemagazine.com. Where do you see Ann Albert going? Where do you, where do you want to see things go? I think the big thing for this vintage um, was it's our daughter's birth year. So we really wanted to do something special to commemorate this vintage. Um, so we've been throwing around a couple of different ideas of what we really want to do. We we didn't purchase any different grapes this year. We had thought about we tried doing to. it. We tried mm-hmm. to, but it, it didn't quite work out. It was so cold out. this year. It never got mm. ripe. It never ripened. <laughs> oh. So we, we, we didn't, weren't able to, to bring that red wine on. But um, yeah, so we've been kind of talking about it, figuring out what we want to do. But we definitely know that we want to make a special bottling for Sloan mm-hmm. and um, for her birth mm-hmm. year and, you know, mm-hmm. make it something special that she can pop open, you know, every year extra for the rest of her life. When yeah. she's 21. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, yeah. I mean, we, we want to, I make all the wine at Tally right now and it's great and they've mm-hmm. been, they've been super awesome, but it'd be, it'd be nice in the future to have, you know, like a winery taste room set up that like Devlet has, for instance, who just called mm-hmm. me, of course, right now. Um, <laughs> I you know, need to have him on that, man. You That's should. so you should. special. Uh, and Grace, too. Yeah, and, and Grace. Grace. Yep. I know. They're just so special. Yeah. Yeah. Grace's daughter, Mia, actually goes to daycare with Sloan. Oh so they're little besties. <laughs> That's played, kids with good taste. I played a private party for him. That was a fun time. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Bet. He's just oh, yeah. one of the most generous people. I mean, generous, like generous hearted and generous spirit. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to New York together and two weeks so oh, fun. I, we Lucky. keep playing phone tag for the last two weeks so. <laughs> do you want a sales trip uh it's the wine spirits top 100 wine uh wineries um in new york the tasting they, hold they, on wait why are you going to that 
Uh, Tally was one of the top. It uh, was? Yeah, so it was Devlet. And, um, wow. Uh, actually, uh, um, Scar of the was Sea, in too. There, I think. Yeah, I think, I think James is in there as well, and, and, and Scar of the Sea. Oh. I think those are the local ones, I believe. That's remarkable. Yeah, so they did one in San Francisco. I wasn't able to be there. I'm going to do the yeah. New York one, so yeah. You going to wear a tuxedo? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I got should. One. You do yeah. have one? Oh, for sure. I got, Why? Because I bought a tuxedo to get married in. I wanted yeah. like a sweet you know, tux. See? You know, and I've, I've actually worn it a ton, so. Really? Yeah, yeah. We had like a couple. We've had a lot of random. Black tie weddings and like a couple of random things where I was like, you needed a tux. And yeah. He had one. That Perfect. is awesome. Yeah. I think I got like one button up shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Jake would die if I asked him to buy a tux. Yeah, he oh, would. It, and we, when I think of wearing a tux, the tux that you have, I think of George Costanza with his pants. Oh, like, yeah. All the way up with his white shoes and he's all stuffed yep. into it. But, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so a tasting room at some point would be really cool. Do you have any idea what that concept might be like out on Suburban Road and a little? I mean, honestly, that would be the best because yeah. there's other people out there. And yes. You need more. You, you've got to kind of be successful as a collective, uh, something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, like with Ryan City, out yeah. there, like Ten City, yeah. exactly. And so there's some projects and slow working yes. right now. So we'll see kind of where those go. With with you know with Sloan being born in COVID, things have slowed for us a little bit, <laughs> yeah. and so yeah. you know we're gonna start ramping back up again, and and you know figuring out or planning our future of like okay how are we gonna maneuver and all this and yeah you know. and I've always envisioned like a really great outdoor space mm -hmm. for a, a tasting room somewhere where like you know Sloan can be playing outside yeah. and there's picnic tables for you know people to come and taste and. Mm -hmm. Um, more of a, a, a casual kind of experience. Um, I love Bodega in Los Alamos. Yes. I think they did such a great job on that patio space. Um, so I've always had that kind of in the back of my mind. Is like it would be great to have a cool garden and a, just a, a nice outdoor vibe. Yeah. Um, that's kind of I guess what I envision for us for in the future. Sure. I feel like we don't have enough of that. I hate no. I hate to say it. I'm sorry, Broad Street Public House. We just need places where children can be. Like, I love in England, my brother brought me around, uh, our family around to his favorite pubs where there's like a sandbox and the, you know, and they, <laughs> it's like very it. much a family affair yeah. to go to the pub. It's and, like Padero Grill down in it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. If somebody <laughs> could just make Padero Grill here. They've been talking about the different, it's just try, here it's getting the land, getting the space yeah. to, to do it. I think it. Osos is the place. And I, think so, I do. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Well, the, the new high street out high there. High street, like, yeah. So we, that we get gets there. Yeah. 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 Don't tell the Hicks, but we yeah. have. <laughs> no. Only on Sundays and Mondays. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Doobie, for being open on yeah, Sundays right. and Mondays. Oh, that's too funny. But yes, I think there is there is a need and a, and a niche for that, for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy before COVID, like, we just, I mean, the, the weather around here is great year round. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I love more than just sitting on a nice patio, listening to some great live music, yeah. having a drink and just being in the sunshine. Mm -hmm. But we'd always walk downtown and there was a huge lack of live music and yeah. a huge lack of patios, yep. mm -hmm. which always just was like, just, yeah. I, it just always made me so bummed about our, our you know, our downtown area. Yeah. And now it's nice because we walk downtown and everyone's forced to have this, right. the outdoor <laughs> space, you know, all these parklets, which yeah. I love that they're becoming permanent. Um, so yeah, now we just need to add in that live music piece and then I really think right? we'll have yeah. a great... <laughs> More yeah. live music for sure. More live During music the day. Piece. During the day. Daytime live music. I can't do an eight o'clock start I right know. now. Yeah. So. I know. That's, but, what, yeah. that's what I'm always pushing for with places. They're like, well, how about like seven to ten? I'm like, no. Like, I'm going to be home and in bed yeah. by eight. I've earned totally. my right not to go <laughs> yeah. and do that by yeah. that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. nice about like liquid. They, they, they usually start like yes. three or yeah, one. It just yeah. depends on the day and... You know, I, I feel like that's where we go more now is breweries yep. because breweries it's, are it's, very child friendly. They yeah. sure they can are. Be. Yeah, it's all the it's all the licensing. licensing. Yeah, totally. exactly. Like Wait, my, what do you mean? Why like, are my alcohol licenses? I can't have kids. It's not my choice. Yeah, like, I can't. I'm not allowed to have kids. Yeah. But you're saying that beer is more a beer a beer garden brewery tasting room for whatever in that clause. It can yep. allow just like a wine tasting room. You can right? have kids. Have in kids. It. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, like wine sneak, you can't bring a kid into wine sneak. Right. Yeah. You know, it's the same same thing. Right. It's weird. Yes, yeah, so the public house is where we stop. 
Winslow and still at daycare waiting to pick her up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Perfect. And then, yeah, the yeah. weekend spot usually is trying to find, again, a patio and some And also, I feel like, like yeah. it's, it's important if you're going to have kids, too, to have a big patio. Like, liquid yes. gravity. you got to need space. There's a lot like, of room. If we had it, all it would take is two friends to bring their two kids, and it would be, it would kill the <laughs> Done. It would just yeah. kill the vibe, so yeah. tiny. Yeah. yeah. So you got to have those places that, like, yeah, like, Padera, like yeah, we really need a big mm-hmm. open field. Like, Beta's original plan was to take over the corner. Um, oh, wow. So good when it was at his house. Yeah, well, they were going to oh. take over the corner that they just did that big uh, where uh, Bang the Drum originally was. Yeah, oh, yeah. he was going to make that whole. I saw the plans and it was going to be this big German beer garden with a playground, like one way in and out. And, yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh! And he's like, well, we got a place, but it's over here in the strip mall. And I'm like, oh, mm. still love, I beta. still love it. Yeah. I still go there. Totally. I mean, I make myself yeah. go there as often as I can to support him. He supports me a ton. But I was like, oh, I'm so close. Like that yes. would have been so yeah. rad. Like oh. I would have been there every day. Yes, <laughs> his his. When it was at his house, and it was, you know, you had to kind of know where the to go. Easy, yeah. yeah, it had a playground, little playground, yeah. little sand uh, sand pit, and a bunch of toys, tractor toys, That's awesome. and had the Niners on and take, <laughs> and, and DBA. Oh, oh. by the way, I never got to go when it was. Oh, in his oh you did! Oh, it was so it was rem- cool. It was like yeah. so special. Totally. Yeah. I only got to go like a handful of times because I was like right at the end, you know. And I brought some friends in town. Like this is so. Rad. And Helga, you'd be, like, she'd be like, "Is anyone hungry?" And yeah. she'd go make a curry worst and bring it out and you're just like <laughs> <laughs> passing it out the window to beta outside yeah. you know you're like oh, oh man that's amazing it was amazing it was amazing well if you guys were um about to die oh there it is uh, <laughs> this is how we like they're lighting up the end of the episode yeah, right <laughs> love it just, someday i really i have made a couple of people cry have you sarah peterson i'm gonna work with it. john um from scout coffee she they were like looking deeply into each other's eyes talking about having a big salad and watching a sunset and it was just oh, like geez. oh god <laughs> <laughs> it was so sweet anyway yeah. no pressure um but yeah, what would you eat on your on your, your last day? And who would it be with? And what would you drink? Oh. Yeah. And well, you can have as much or as little as you want. Yeah, well, for sure it would be with Eric and with Sloan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love pizza. I'm just going to say that. I feel like <laughs> pizza would definitely be on the menu. And maybe mixed with some pasta, Italian food. Um, nice. Yeah, not anywhere specific, though. I feel like there's so many places that I do love. What kind of pizza um, do you like the best, though? Or what are you eating right now? I'm a Giuseppe style, like that thin crust, um, that, that kind of pizza really gets me. Um, but yeah. And I'd be drinking either Tally or Ann Albert. Yes. (laughs) You need to aim higher. (laughs) You're dying. What what the hell? You can have like Latosh. All right. Maybe some salon bubbles. People want, they want what's comforting and and like meaningful. So yeah, yeah, you're not alone with that. Yeah. It's either like for me, I don't know, like massive amounts of tacos and margaritas. (laughs) um, Rocks are blended. Uh, rocks. rocks. Okay. Yeah, rocks with Blanco for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh man, I don't. Know. I love cheeseburgers. Like I love good Ooh. cheeseburgers. Yeah. Uh, I love champagne. Yeah. It's not the best sure. pairing, but I would make it work. I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. You know. Oh. Like whatever. So yeah. I mean, that would be my thing because I love tacos and cheeseburgers. Like my favorite thing in the world. And Eric so. actually oh. makes amazing smash burgers really real quick okay so i've been pretending for the past two years that i know what a smash burger is what's the difference yeah so what what it is is you really do smash a smaller piece of meat yeah and you spread it out so it's super thin and it gets charry it's like a ball yeah you just do a ball ball you smash it down smash it down then you get all the gritty stuff off yeah flip it around and then you just throw your cheese on there you can have the onions under there as well it just depends your style yeah. Throw it on there. It's a real cook, cook, quick cook. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And, I gotta try that. and you have to do it on like a griddle. It's yes, the best top. on a griddle top. Yeah. yeah. So it, base, it, it sounds like a McDonald's hamburger. Honestly, like thinner. super thin, even thinner than that. Yeah. Thinner and okay. better. Much well, better. better, yes. Yeah. I would assume the griddle, you better keep, than keep McDonald's? all those in. Yeah, all the juices stay in because yeah. they're just how you're doing it. You and know, McDonald's, they'll just kind of put it on there and they just kind of cook. But you're... 
Well, and it's frozen. It's been around the world twice. They do yeah. have fresh egg, though, on that. <laughs> do they? On <laughs> egg McMuffins? They, they crack an egg for every egg McMuffin. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a big debate between us and uh, Kobe Parker Garcia. Uh, he always says, like, why would you go to McDonald's for an egg McMuffin? Like, it's a fresh egg. They crack yeah. a fresh egg on it. I got to say, my road trip food I'd never eat McDonald's ever, except I'm on a road trip. I go yeah. get two Egg McMuffins and a large Coke every yeah. time I go on a road trip. My yeah. family hates it. My wife hates it. I'm all, we're stopping by McDonald's. It's, 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 this is what it's happens. for breakfast. It's that or Starbucks, <laughs> yeah. really. You know, so it depends um, on where you're at. Starbucks you know? is actually frozen. They just warm that up. Exactly. So. I can't believe it's not an egg patty that they just like. I feel like I've seen it in a steam drawer before. So maybe they cook them early on. Like and an airline them cart. Or something. They, they crack them. You they know? crack them. It's on the side of the truck. Remember we saw that? It is that. on the side <laughs> of the truck. That's a true. McDonald's truck driving by that was trying to take a picture because it said fresh crack egg. <laughs> you yeah. know what? I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed right? with McDonald's. Yeah. That's the only thing that they do something like that yeah. i can't yeah. imagine there's anything else yeah oh my gosh yeah. oh, i have no. so much i can say about mcdonald's i'll say this one thing okay, okay. i think yeah. i've said it once before on here but um mcdonald's there's a great podcast revisionist history with yeah. malcolm gladwell yep. and he did one on mcdonald's french fries and how they used to be uh fried in beef tallow and that's why everybody loved them so much. And then um, heart healthy and low fat became a thing in the 90s, late 80s, 90s. And so McDonald's responded to that by now they do canola oil or vegetable oils with the fried in and they're not nearly as good. But to compensate for that, they inject it, the fries, with an aroma of beef tallow fried fries. <laughs> What? Wow. It is the most meta. Seems cheating. Which is why, okay, so I was dropping some kids off recently and my window was open and there was another a car, a truck over here that had its window open and I could see they had a bag of McDonald's in it. The aroma of fries traveled across the street into our car and when I closed the window, the smell was still in there all the way dropping them off at school. Wow. I've heard they pipe that smell like out, I've heard that too. outside <laughs> so it draws you in. Yeah. I just need that fry candle like from Oh, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, yeah. well, KFC has their, their chicken Do candle. They? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course fried chicken do. candle. Yeah, it oh. smells like the fried chicken. Now, why you would want that, you know? <laughs> I want to buy it for someone. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so here's the arrangement. You'll have me over for Smash Burgers, and I'll bring yes. you that candle Perfect. in gratitude. Deal, yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love it. You guys are so easy. Thank you for coming over. Thank you, Matt, for inviting them. Oh, yes. my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. That's great. Good seeing you guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Consumed Podcast Tap Takeover with the Matt Cross. <laughs> it was super fun. Yeah. Thank you for introducing me to all these new, wonderful people. It was my pleasure. Okay. Time for a beer? Time for a beer. Yay! Woo! Consumed is produced by me, Jamie Lewis, and edited by Chris Lambert. To hear more stories from the eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers of California, to see guest photos, read their bios, maybe even get a recipe visit letsgetconsumed.com. Thank you, and I'll see you next time.